Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. can't believe it but this is the world we live in now the wrong kind of world where don callus a carny piece of s word is getting more of a crowd reaction than the biggest star and most morally justifiable wrestler in the business cm punk i'm ollie davis i'm joined by luke owen dad welcome to the aew dynamite review edition of the wrestle talk podcast if you haven't already please press the subscribe button Give us a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below with why you think CM Punk did nothing wrong. And send in your Omega chats to WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them over five US dollars before the end of the show while we discuss what might have been one of the best segments in Dynamite history. That is a bold claim. It's a big, bold claim. Well, I just... I haven't seen a crowd reaction like this since. And people will say Undertaker, Roman, you know, the night after Mania. I'd say that that Seattle promo with Kevin Owens and, and Elias. Elias. That's the one I was thinking of yeah. as well. Because there are there have been times with Dominic Mysterio where like the the heat from the crowd has been such so mm. intense that they struggle to get their words out. But they eventually are able to get their words out and able to get through this. There have been videos that have been sort of posted online from people who were in the building in San Diego for this promo. And you cannot hear what Don Callis is saying because the boos are so loud. I read a report where someone said, I couldn't hear what my wife was saying sitting next to me. And she was yelling. That's how loud. They said the building was shaking. There were so many boos for Don Callis and Takesh to hear. And the great thing about this as a segment is because we watched it back in the office because Adam and Sullivan uh, and, you know, and Tempest hadn't yeah. seen it. So we all, we all watched it together. And I was actually just listening because I was on the other side of the desk. What I like about it is that he comes out and he gets boos. And then he stands in the ring and he gets some more boos. Then he tries to talk and he gets even more boos. <laughs> and it's because the crowd are like... Oh, can we do it more? Yeah, can yeah. We, can we go further? And then it becomes a fun thing for the crowd. How loud can we boo? Well, that's how I've experienced things before. Certainly being at wrestling shows, 
the crowd more have fun by themselves rather than actually being invested in the characters or the storylines. I'd say that's exactly what happened with Kevin Owens, Elias and Seattle. It just became a thing after a while. Let's just see how how long we can keep this up. The Roman's the same one. The, the Roman promo is the same one. Roar after Mania crowd, yep. traveling audience, they're just having a good time. And I, I think even the Dominic Mysterio one yeah. is just like people really enjoy booing Dominic. And that's now become part of his character mm. is when Dominic goes to do a promo, you as the audience boo dead loud to try and drown him out. I think this is distinctly different. And what really really made me realize that was when the, the camera cut to people in the crowd. And I was like, this isn't, there's no one smiling here. They're not smiling like, oh, boo, because you get that a lot. And all those examples we just ran through, and my experience at indie shows, that's the face. Boo. A podcast You're laughing. I'm laughing and smiling. You're laughing, you're, you're nudging you maybe, and like, this is ah, funny. Ah, keep it going, boo, you suck. You know, stuff like yeah, yeah. that. That it cut to the crowd, and there's one shot in particular where it looks like extras in a movie scene who have been told to really boo someone. That is how perfectly coherent. Are you trying to say that AEW are hiring actors now to be in their crowd? Son of a bitch. <laughs> you figured it out. Uh, that is not what I'm saying. <laughs> Not what I'm saying at all. Although they could do with hiring and a few more fans based on... Oh, all right, okay. Well, I mean, look, I'm I'm not getting into this ticket argument at all. Because apparently selling 11,000 tickets for a pay-per-view is bad these days. But Pat McAfee showed me a picture. <laughs> anyway. I, honestly, if you think selling 11,000 tickets for a pay-per-view is bad, you're thick. You're categorically thick. Yeah, well, you've got the TNA 2009 <laughs> expectations. <laughs> I, I'm being glib. Uh, the, the fact of the matter is, this was a tremendous segment. And this crowd reaction was really something special. And it was a good promo anyway. You know, Don Callis, he's for years and years and years, ever since he really came back to wrestling, doing commentary on New Japan with Kevin Kelly. He's been one of our favorite guys. Really has. But He was the WrestleTalk insider. <laughs> exactly, yeah. The, the, at one point, he was our mate. Yeah, before he was really cool, you might say. Yeah, I, I think we put him on the map, yeah. uh, you could say. He went into obscurity after being the jackal. Yeah. And then we plucked him. And we were like, you'll do. You're you're good, yeah. man, who's already getting really, really good <laughs> reviews everywhere for your New Japan commentary. But he was in that mode of time as well when he was doing it in like under a mask and stuff. Mm, yeah, well, that was ahead of its time as well. <laughs> so he uh, he's always been in these acts where... It's not 100% Don Callis, is it? He's, yeah. the, he's the invisible hand job. And I loved him on commentary because I could just experience loads and loads and loads of Don. But really, through the elite, he's always been playing second fiddle to Kenny. And that's, that's correct. He's been lost in the large cast of the elite a lot of the time. What made me really excited was this is Don Callis prime. And the other thing I would add to that is, you know, it, that's sort of like, we're talking about how the crowd were reacting to this because they were reacting to the story and to the character and things like that. Takeshita got the same reaction. Mm. By, so Takeshita's association with that carny piece of S, Don Callis. Like like Tony Schiavone introducing <laughs> Don Callis out being like, I've got bile in my throat before yeah. I say this name. And like before they went to the ad break, Excel was like, coming up next, we're going to hear from that human piece of garbage, <laughs> Don Callis. I like AEW the way they set that I up. I love that as It well. makes them really feel like a babyface promotion, yeah. which is something WWE can't do. But it was, Takeshita was getting the same mm. level of heat. 
And that's great because that means by being with the association to Don, he is now, he feels like the biggest heel in the company. He's the yeah. biggest heel wrestler this company now has. Um, Don's, well, the way Don spoke this up as well, it's not just a Kester associated with Don. He's in the mix with this main event storyline. Don is the best at getting people over. You know, that he's he's a carny piece of S word. Yeah, he's great. He'll take something that means nothing and he will give it meaning. Yes, they're mostly lying, but also because he's a great talker and he can provide context and substance. It's almost as if he learnt a lot from working under Paul Heyman. Oh, did he? I didn't know that. He was in ECW. Oh, of course. Yeah, in my head, it's just Truth Commission. And that's <laughs> he had that Survivor Series match in 97. And then we had heard nine or hair of yeah. him until he started doing commentary. Uh, if you haven't watched our PFK uh, Let's Play Telestrations, but wrestling video that came out yesterday, the Truth Commission are referenced. <laughs> and I watched it because one of the, the vi- like Adam weirdly guessed the Truth Commission, like that was going to be on the, the guesses. And Editor Rich flashes up a picture of the Truth Commission. I'm like, Don's jacked there. Yeah. Oh, well, he was the jackal. He yeah. was the jackdaw. He's jacked all. Um, but this, uh, Don said all the people that Takeshita's better than, uh, Ricky Dozan, Inioki. And then he says, I thought he was going to say Omega, but they said, even Akada. And at that point, I turn around to look at Tempest and he's the little Japanese wrestling Marky Hart sword. Tempest, because he hadn't seen this episode of Dynamite, I was like, oh, Tempest, you haven't seen the other <laughs> segments. And I recapped what happened in it with the the uh, the Bucks and Page when uh, yes. Alex Marvez explained that Kenny has left the country. I thought this was brilliantly set up. He was mm. like, he's left the country. He's so upset from the, the loss. And then, like... Page gets distracted by the Dark Order, who are being, you know, dicks basically, and he yep. gets kind of distracted by them. And Marvez is still trying to interview Page, and he says Kenny's gone home. And Page, not really thinking, not really answering the question, is like he hasn't gone back to Canada, and he storms off. And that's the you need to know. He's not gone back to Canada, which means he's gone Mexico. to Mexico. <laughs> He's gone to find Bakingo. He didn't need to look far. <laughs> He's on Rampage. Conan called him up. <laughs> I need you to do me a solid, buddy. I've got a mega championship here for you. So there was a name that was not listed in Don's list of people. He did not list Kota Ibushi. Yes. Yeah. And Kota Ibushi recently oh. had that interview where he said, I never really liked that, Takeshita. He's a poor man's version of me. Um, Editor Rich was filling me in on a bit of Takeshita history that I wasn't aware of, I don't know if you are, that Omega and Ibushi, of course, started off in DDT. That's where they made their name. That's where they wrestled children and blow up dolls, but also had some spectacular matches. Those are spectacular matches, just in a different way. And then they moved over to New Japan. When they moved over to New Japan, it was Takeshita, who became the ace of DDT. Yeah, I suppose that would make sense. Yeah, he became like their guy. Yeah, so Takeshita is kind of like, the, there is a connection between Ibushi Omega and Takeshita that I hadn't comprehended. Mm. Which is, I'm, I'm, I'm so stoked for a lot mm. of this. But also, like, I think there is a forbidden door element to this. Because oh, there's a brilliant bit of camera work here when Don was talking about, you know, I, I need to you know find some people. And the camera just slightly tilts up so you can see the Forbidden mm. Door poster behind him. Lovely little <clears throat> bit of subtle camera work to be like, there is something that's going to pay off here at, at Forbidden Door. And I wonder if it's going to be 
Takeshita plus partner versus Kenny and um, Akada. It's a but this whole storyline since um, since the Winnipeg show, maybe. Yeah, I feel like that's where this really, really kicked into high gear because that's when Hangman first. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sort of joined the elite again. Yeah, when they leveled up in Winnipeg. Oh my God, he did it! I didn't even realize <laughs> we've been sitting here making fun of Tony Khan for that promo, but he did level up in Winnipeg. Maybe I should watch Shazam: Fury of the Gods. <laughs> I mean, no one else did. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like that. It it's got a really good drip feed of every week. I get an answer to a question, but I'm also given a bigger question that makes me want so I'm always satisfied but always curious it's it's a great back and forth and and the key part for this promo wasn't just the setup of oh my god Takeshita versus Akada in some iteration it was also Don has a new family and it's going to cut the elite out of all elite wrestling which to me says new truth commission baby <laughs> recon <laughs> <laughs> Dust off the berets. <laughs> Dust off your flak jackets, lads. I need you. Um, but yeah, who, who do you reckon could be in this new family for Don Callis? Is it a one-off for Forbidden Door? Is he? Well, I mean, the answer's obvious. It's the Ass Boys and <laughs> Stokely Hathaway. Stokely Hathaway, Big Bill. Page. Uh, I, I, I actually genuinely don't know. I don't know whether it is people from New Japan. I don't know whether it's just a Forbidden Door thing. Like we're just gonna, you know, are we sort of? moving aside uh blackpool combat club and the elite for a bit we're sort of like tabling that until we do some forbidden door stuff so we can kind of like do this little mini feud here and then we can return to the elite and blackpool combat club for blood and guts maybe it is blackpool combat club maybe we're maybe guess, that is his new family this thing i'm like i'm so curious about forbidden door this year and this is something that they did not have last year at Forbidden Door. And I think that's actually, this is a testament to uh, where AEW is at, at least for me personally anyway. Sure, there's dream matches that you can do for AEW versus New Japan. But I actually just want to see the next chapters of the stories. Mm. Like I want to see the next chapter of Blackpool Combat Club and uh, and the Elite. I want to see the next chapter of Bullet Club Gold and FTR. Like I, that, That's kind of what I'm interested in. That's the stuff that I really want to see. And I'm now worried that Forbidden Door is just going to be this like little roadblock that I need to get through. It's like, well, <coughs> we just need to get past Forbidden Door and we can do some of these fun little cameo appearances and then we can do the, the proper matches again. It was certainly that last year, which is why it's concerning. It's but, very much Survivor Series for a month. All the cool stories go on hold because there are one shots, which slightly tie into your stories to include yeah. another promotion's wrestlers. I don't think that they had a storyline that was as hot as this last year, though. So, like the Forbidden Door, Forbidden Door, well, everyone last got year, injured. Which is that the was problem. the main problem. Last but like, year. I, there was no storyline last year where I was like, "Oh man, well you've got to do that in place of doing mm -hmm. this at Forbidden Door instead." It was. It felt like, yeah, no, Forbidden Door is going to be this really cool show, and then I'll see what comes out after Forbidden Door. But like this year, it is like. These are there's some storylines I really want to be invested in, be involved in, and I don't know how this play into Forbidden Door. So it doesn't feel like like New Japan's going to be this big presence at, at this year's show. I mean, it feels like you know they'll do a six man tag of Ricky Starks and FTR versus Bullet Club Gold plus more. David Finley. Yeah, exactly. It'll be David Finley. But that's like that's five AEW guys and one New Japan guy. This is mm. going to feel like it's just an AEW show, or like the Invasion. <laughs> Just all WWF That's guys. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> that is exactly what it is. It's the Survivor Series from Invasion. <laughs>
Um, of course, if Don is successful and he cuts the elite out of all elite wrestling, it will just be all wrestling. All wrestling. And you know what? Some people want that. Jim Cornette wants that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we, we kind of had a bit of a trolling thing uh, in our title here. We might as well just touch on the CM Punk. Oh, yes. An yeah, yeah, definitely. Here. Because they Tony Khan had his latest announcement on this show. I believe that is now like eight for eight that he is doing uh, announcements for. To be fair, like the strategy is sound in that you build excitement for your show by every week announcing a new competitor, a new match. That's That's how indie wrestling promotions do things on facebook i would agree it's now become a meme but, but it's because he's had a year of doing big announcement guys yeah this one yeah. and this was the latest big announcement which is that the debut episode of collision from the united center will feature the return of cm punk mm -hmm. and going by live reports from the building it was like someone replied to sean saying that it was 65 percent loud cheers did they do a youtube poll 35 percent loud boos mm. we watched it back so we could you know kind of get our feel for it and you know again play it to people who hadn't seen the announcement see what they felt and i think the consensus that we had was there's an initial pop the cheers are way louder than the boos but the boos were more sustained than the the cheer was yeah it's a interesting one because i don't think anyone thought he was going to announce CM Punk, even though everybody knew CM Punk was going to be on the show by now. I think people thought, oh, he'd, he'd say Miro, or I mean, they've even been confirmed. Maybe an open it like our main event for the first episode will be Miro versus whoever, yeah. right? Something like that. So I think that initial pop is a whole arena of people going, oh my God, he said CM Punk's name. That's the first time we've heard this promotion address that that guy exists. A, a world champion. Two-time world champion. For eight months. Wow. So I think it was, oh my God, he said the name release. And then, so I didn't like that pop. That was like a, oh, it wasn't a, a either way. It was just, wow, a thing happened reaction. I think the more interesting thing to dive into is what happens after, which you've you've laid out. And that is, yeah, there's cheers. The, the camera cuts to a lot of people who I bet they zoned out beforehand going, Wearing their CM he's got a puncture, he's yep. got a puncture. And they're there like, yeah, yeah. Trying to get the crowd into CM Punk chants. Yeah, CM Punk with their, you know, their marky ways. And, but even with that careful cinematography. And the commentary as well, which was like the, ho, 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 can you believe? Whoa, what a name to be announced. Ho, 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 CM Punk <laughs> being announced. Like they were sort of like baby facing mm. it up that this was a, a big baby face announcement thing. But there was 100% cheers. I mean, 100% boos. Not 100% as in everyone was booing but that there were definitely boos and it was definitely loud and it was vocal and it was if, if it was 35 percent, it came across like 50 50 because boos just sound a bit louder than cheers in general and then the camera even when it was cutting to people with punk shirts you had people doing the double thumbs down yeah there are a big portion of people who do not want to see cm punk back in AEW. Some people saying in the chat there, they were in California, which is Buck's territory. Yeah, yeah, So of could play something into that. I also, <laughs> and I've, I've made this point on previous shows, I think he's going to get a massive babyface reaction in Chicago because they will refuse to uh, boo CM Punk no matter mm -hmm. what he does. Um, the most interesting reaction for me will be week two. 
It will be what the, the second show of Collision will be. That's the real telling for me, how the AEW fan base is going to react to CM Punk. Do you think this reaction, which was a John Cena 2009-style reaction in terms of its bizarro land split, or it's a controversial reaction out yeah. there, which is so interesting that Punk, ten, over 10 years later, has become the man he rallied against in yeah. terms of crowd reaction. Well, he was doing those CM Punk spots in the... Uh, sorry, those uh, John Cena spots in the Eddie Kingston match. Remember, yeah. he, he, would, he did the Cena comeback. He did the, the shoulder blocks and everything. Well, because didn't Eddie Kingston reference that Yankees promo as yeah. well? Uh, the... God, that match was great. Oh, it's so good. That, that's, I, I, Where is Eddie? I know he's injured. He's on Ring of Honor. Um, I... I think that might be the best match AEW's ever done. Whoa. Wow. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna put, I'll put it out there. I'm not afraid to say it. I, th <laughs> I, think, I think that's the best match AEW's ever done. Do you think AEW were caught off guard by the CM Punk reaction? No. I think you'd have to be as thick as the people who think that 11,000 tickets is a bad result. You had to have known this was going to happen. Mm. I think it is interesting that they were still trying to babyface it up on the commentary team. They weren't even like, wow, that's a it's, a it's a controversial name. Or even like, it felt like it was a commentary team. It, almost WWE in a way, ignoring what the crowd reaction was. Yeah. But they I, didn't give an opinion either way. Though. It didn't give an opinion either way. But I think, I cannot imagine they would have been caught off guard by this. Because I think they, I mean, especially... It got booed when they announced Chicago mm. because that was almost the confirmation that CM Punk is coming back. I think they must know. So with that in mind, I agree. They must be aware. If they're not, then there's too many yes people are in, in management. Um, do you bring CM Punk back as a heel? Not week one, certainly week two. Well, I think you can, because Chicago, right? I think the if you're going to bring CM Punk back, and it's not in the main event of Double or Nothing uh, to reveal himself as the masked man. Did you hear Dan's <laughs> I, book? I heard Dan later. Oh, I know. Oh, God, I keep thinking about how awesome that would be. CM Punk, Brian Danielson, John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, Wheeler Utah, the ROH invading team. Yep. I know Moxley's been. But yeah, uh, I think you have CM Punk come out and he's like, I'm all about loyalty. And every single one of you, Chicago, you stood by me no matter what. Sometimes I've been in the wrong. Sometimes I've been in the right. But you've always been there for me. You, I think you can 97 Brett him. And yeah. actually, funny enough, that is something CM Punk has always wanted mm. is to be 97 <laughs> Brett. <laughs> yeah. So he can really get his wish this time around. He's a, he's a, he's a, a homecoming babyface hero in Chicago. Yep. But in that same promo, he says, but everybody else who has booed me, who has doubted me in every other city, you're on my list now. Yeah. Ah, oh, it'd be, it'd be it's, it's MJF Long Island, but in a, in a much more vicious way. Yeah. I think. I really hope he does turn heel. I think it'll be a. I think it will harm him and AEW if if they don't do it. I agree with you in principle. I'm not sure I would say it would harm AEW. I think a more harmful thing for for AEW in terms certainly their reputation is if he just wins the world title again. <laughs> <laughs> if like all out. He just wins the world title back. Oh, I hope that happens. That, that I think it's either a huge big brain play to get like this mega heel heat, or it's just going to look like he got everything he wanted, including his friend's job back mm. and the world title again. I think him and Ace win the tag belts. 
I think he retires it's be, Sting. It's going to be very hard for Ace to win the, uh, the tag belts when he's working from home. Yeah, well, yeah, just he's there. It's a laptop in the corner. <laughs> A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Should we see what people think? Yes, let's do that. Please do get in your Omega chats to resttalk.com forward slash support. Now, uh, we actually did have a poll uh, being done because we were 10 minutes late going live. Um, I don't know who put this poll up. However, the poll was, where is Ollie? Uh, and the options are in the field chatting about CM Punk, waiting to use the bathroom, buying all in tickets for everyone <laughs> and revising his rating scale. Uh, so what was the winner? 11% said the rating scale, 14% said for all in tickets and Thank the bathroom, God. 60% thought you were in the field shouting for CM Punk. Yeah. It's a, so my personal reaction, I came in this morning and two separate people were like, you see the news? So have you seen it? Have you seen it? And first off, I, I, my response was, I've seen Succession episode nine. I still haven't seen. I'm I'm just saying you. episode numbers here. Jesus Christ, man. Well, I'm, I, I had this yesterday when I was uh, filming Cineworld. Like, just Dan and Ellis just talking about it opening. And they're yeah. going, like, la, 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 trying to ignore them. I was saying, no, I haven't seen the final yet. And they're like, no, not, I'm not talking about Succession. I'm talking about the CM Punk thing. I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> and then somebody else said it. And I thought they would, again, I thought they were asking me about telestrations going live. <laughs> I said, yeah, it's really funny. Me and my lady partner watched the first 15 minutes. She got bored. We skipped to the end and it was the Yokozuna bit. Uh, it's good. She she doesn't enjoy YouTube stuff. It's great content. That's on her to go and watch it. And then they, again, they were like, no, I'm asking about the CM Punk return. I'm like, oh, yeah. So it's like, 
me personally, this was announced like Chicago. Yeah. I know he's coming back. So when Tony Khan says CM Punk now, I'm like, oh, wow, he said the name. I don't feel anything because I felt that all last week. And now I'm in just this holding period of, well, OK, we're not actually going to get a, a company reset post pay-per-view because you're saving it for Punk. I feel like I'm in a holding period. I would disagree with that. I actually felt that there was a lot on this show that was, well, I, I felt like every single on the show was, here's the next feud, here's the next feud, here's the next feud, here's the next feud. I felt like it was almost entirely continuations of stuff. But even then, I was like, but it's the next step of something. I, 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 I think I strongly disagree, but we'll, we'll, get, we'll get into, into that. Um, let's see what you have to say uh, in this. Ben Vlerick said, Punk, as controversial as ever, truly divided the fan base. Embrace it. Use it. Punk's best as a heel anyway, and indeed the best as a heel. Guaranteed, Punk vs. The Elite will instantly be AEW's hottest feud, straight up the hottest thing in all of wrestling. Get over the real-life issues, um, which had only made the feud more interesting slash heated, and do the business, because it's got money written all over it. AEW's own Civil War or Batman v Superman, especially Punk vs. Omega. Money, boys, mm. do it. It'll blow up the internet. Plus, MJF could be involved. Punk could be considered a cancer to the company, same as MJF. Um, new two-man power trip, that and, correct me if I'm wrong, has MJF ever done anything with the Bucks or Omega? I don't think so. MJF versus the Punk, MJF and the and Punk versus the Elite war over AEW. Yeah. I will say, I was pitching for the MJF Punk two man power trip thing at All Out last year. Mm. That was my big pitch for the the, the rest of 2023. Just put that there. But I like that a lot. Mm. Charles Berg says, "Look in my eyes. What do you see? CM Punk means happy Ollie. Wait, yeah." I, I, not really. Wait. <laughs> Cult of personnel, Ollie. Oh, uh, there you go. Yeah. That's, that's... Uh, I say he should return as a heel. Play into the critiques. He's a bitter man here for a paycheck, and he knows the boss is a simp for him. I want him at his worst. Mm. Uh, Will Campbell. I laughed a lot at two things last night. The amount of pure sustained heat Callison Takeshita got and the hilariously mixed, to put it lightly, reaction to TK announcing Punk's return at the first Collision show. Um, Graham Shaw said we've had summers of punk we have the triple B but who's ready for the triple P the probationary period of punk <laughs> where however excited we are that he's back he's still all hot we're all still holding our breath to see if he's fully on board or has another tantrum yeah he could just like get that mic and shoot at everybody <laughs> I was saying so me and Ellis got the taxi back yesterday from our uh, shoot and he was asking me questions about like you know punk and this and the other and I said if I'm Tony Khan I am S in bricks on that yeah. headset on that first collision show because I'm sending him out there with a live microphone and be like, please play ball, please yeah, play yeah. ball, please, please don't do this. Please don't do the thing that I fear you might do. Uh, James Greaves here says, I've got my ticket to All In. I'm so happy. But also some lovely tickets to Money in the Bank's Watch Party. Two oh, cracking shows, but on an AEW note, I wonder who will Don recruit? Yeah, we sort of, uh, we don't know. I can't, I was looking at the card, uh, not the card, the roster. And, and you sort of want to look at people who are without a faction, don't you? It's not many, not many. And if there are, they're people like Miro or Andrade, people who will be not working with the elite. Yeah. So I, I really don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll soon find out. But also, uh, thank you very much for picking up your tickets. Uh, the early access went live today. So Ooh. people who were at um, our uh, Night of Champions show were able to sign up to get 24 hours early access on those tickets. So you've been sent your pre-code, uh, your pre-sale code. You may look at it and see like, huh, I've got two emails in my inbox here. One that says pre-sale code and one that says pre-sale code and plus link. 
And then you'll click into that first one and you'll realize that while it does have a pre-sale code, there's no link to the actual mm. event page to buy tickets. You may think that's happened, but it's not. It's just your eyes deceiving you. There's, there's a, there both, the, both of the emails have the event page link. It's just so, you might just miss it the first one, but I, I would certainly open that second one because it, it's it's it, it's for sure in there. Um, but I, I don't think anyone made any errors. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Danny says, uh, "What if the prize member of Callus's new family is Punk, and we get a Takeshita Punk versus Omega Akada match at Forbidden Door?" I mean, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, they add also Jack Perry should turn heel on Ricky Starks next week and join the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, it would be exactly what Jack needs. Also, I Jungle love... Jungle Boy Jack. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I mean, I think, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if I'd go with that one. Uh, Evil Wizard said during the Don Callis promo, when Don said Takeshita was better than Akada, the camera panned up to show the Forbidden Door banner, foreshadowing or just wishful thinking? Oh, foreshadowing. It's absolutely foreshadowing. I mean, it's that, an elite story. That line. could just be just a singles match. Yeah. It's just, yeah, Takeshita versus Akada. Colostopia said, Don Callis' new family is CM Punk. Just imagine the heat the oh. two of them would get. The other two would have to be Tama, Tonga, and Tonga Loa. Uh, they probably still hate the Elites' guts. Mm. Gorillas of Destiny is not, not the worst show in the world. They do hate the Elites. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick Smith said, uh, who should be Don Callis' first recruit to the new family, and why should it be Jeff Jarrett? <laughs> Could you imagine if it's oh, Jeff? Oh, the carniness. <laughs> Can't go full Khan. They'll both just be trying to like overtake yeah. each other. <laughs> Who's really in control? Uh, Michaela says, to be honest, as a pandemic era, as an as a pandemic era AEW fan with limited WWE knowledge, I have seen the pipe bomb. My only visual of punk is an angry reactive man who is made of tissue paper. I'll be booing him. I've no nostalgia, so I don't like him based on his attitude. The great thing is that's hundred percent valid. And I'm I don't know. I just I just love the guy. Uh, look. <laughs> I, I will say, Michaela, that's also the opinion of a lot of people who do have nostalgic love for CM Punk. <laughs> My heart made its choice a long time ago. <laughs> We've even said on this, it's hard being a CM yeah. Punk fan. Yeah. I still buy the Weezer albums. Well, I, <laughs> I listen to the Weezer albums on Spotify. I know they're going to be bad. But we still do it. Yeah. Every now, and there'll be one good song on that album. There's, apart from Shazam, Fury of the Gods, there is not a single DC movie I haven't seen. Yeah. And I'm still, I'm going to watch it, and they're all bad. Uh, William Rosmer said, could CM Punk joining Don Callis work? Feels like a good way to get some money out of the whole thing if everyone can work together. Uh, I, I think it would work. I just, that visual of unmasking Punk instead of Takeshita would have been the time to do it. Uh, yeah, but it would, yeah. It would take the company to the... It, like peak heat. I can't imagine a hotter program in wrestling right now than that. Mm. Uh, Matt Hennessy said, I don't want Punk back, to be honest. He embarrassed the company and led to their lowest point. Ollie, you mentioned how you feel uncomfortable seeing Jeff given what happened, which is understandable. Mm. I feel that way about Punk. I would not have him in my company. SRS was asked if he could see the elite leave AEW for WWE with Punk being brought back, and he said it definitely increases the chance with him there. It ain't worth possibly losing mm. Page Omega and the Bucks for Punk. It's a real possibility. Just look at Cody. Mm. It is. Mm. But I, I said again, I said this to Ellis, and I don't really know where my business hat would lie in, in this scenario. I think I've said before on Blackpool Content Club, uh, our old video series, that I think I would try and I would rather have the happier locker room, but that's your also might make me a bad businessman. 
But Punk does shift tickets. Like they ticket sales for Collision weren't great. The the dates that they announced for Collision were not great. Dave Meltzer said that the lowest like advanced sales that they've had hmm. in a well ever they were they were doing really bad. They announced CM Punk. They announced well actually they didn't. They announced the United Center sells out almost instantly. Hmm. And now those other shows are selling better because of the CM Punk announcement. He does shift tickets. He does shift merchandise. So I, I guess it's just, which do you prefer? Happy Locker Room or all the money? Yeah, or you could just be a, a ruthless SOB running the company because one of AEW's big problems is it's uh, it tries to uphold itself to more moral standards. It's not a problem WWE has. WWE can bring back the biggest toss pots. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. And it's like, we're all like, well, you shouldn't bring them back. But we also, it's fine. Well, okay, the great example of this is the, oh, Brian Kendrick mm. announced for a match on Dynamite. The internet lost their goddamn minds. And Tony Khan pulling him from the show. He's worked two WWE shows in the last six months. And they're like, nah, I'm not bothered. Yeah, it's, it's different standards. It's different standards. Uh, so, yeah. Do you want to run a company that is everyone gets along in? And even without Punk, I don't know if that would work because you've got people like Miro, Thunder Rosa, etc. Uh, maybe yeah. maybe Sabu was the litmus test. <laughs> <laughs> we can get away with things. <laughs> I'm going to bring Sabu in yeah. after everything that he said. <laughs> I'm going to make him jump off a table, even though he can barely walk. Let's see how angry this makes people. <laughs> and all, they, all they're criticizing is how... Boring the Jericho <laughs> Cole match was. <laughs> and, just, and I'm going to give him a bad finish as well. Uh, and lastly on this topic from Moderator Les. Ooh. He said, I love Don Callis' no entrance music and mm. only, only the sound of the chorus of booze. Takes me back to Champa after his heel turn on, uh, on Gargano. It's really fun to get into. Yeah, uh, and it's always just looped clips of the last time Don Callis beat up Kenny Omega. Yeah. With what is apparently a redone version of a famous painting by, of Ivan or Ivar the Terrible murdering... the baddie in Ghostbusters 2? I think so, yeah, yeah. the pink goo. <laughs> murdering his... Uh, or betraying his nephew or son or something. And he was referencing that in the promo mm -hmm. because he said, like, you know, hey, I've lost a nephew, but I've gained yes. a son in yeah. Takeshita. Very good stuff. Right, so the full play-by-play uh, -play review of Dynamite. Please keep getting in your Omega chats. We'll read out every single one over five US dollars. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. This episode opened hot with the Blackpool Combat Club coming out. That's John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Utah having a match against the Lucha Bros and Bandido. Of course, the previous week we had Castagnoli and Utah take on the Lucha Bros and lose them because the Bucks interfered. Yeah, really like this match. I thought it's a great match. Very, very good match. And also the, it did a great job again in telling the story they're doing with Wheelie Utah. Because mm. Utah got pinned uh, on last week's episode of Dynamite, which Brian Danielson was very upset about. Not just got pinned, but didn't make a strong enough cover at one point. And again, you got Danielson on commentary during this match, and there was a moment when he got a much better pin in. See, see, he's listening. Mm. That was a much stronger pin. He did everything that we taught him to do. On Sunday, he pinned Kenny Omega, Wheelie Utah did, and here he got the win again. 
with the seatbelt maneuver, he got the win for his team. And Brian Danielson was so proud, mm. so proud of his boy. And he was like, I'm going down there to, to, shake, to shake his hand and celebrate with him. I thought this was a really great, ma- it was a great match anyway, but just furthers that story we're doing with Wheelie Utah and the Blackpool Combat Club. And I don't really know where it's going to head or what it's going to lead to, but I am excited to find out. Well, it's, they're a heel faction, but they are a heel faction with a consistent moral, uh, what do you call it? Code. Yeah, code. code. Yeah. A code of honor, you might call it. <laughs> yeah. And that that means they can even though they're behaving heelish, you have a begrudging respect for them because at least they're consistent to their own morality. So and and it, it forges them it's not like the most healthy workplace for them, but Utah undeniably has become a better wrestler in the last week. Because the Blackpool Combat Club presumably trained and bullied him on a mistake they he made. Yeah, which and that's a lot of what Brian Anderson puts over on commentary mm. is that we're actually improving wrestlers yeah. in the Blackpool Combat Club. Can't say that for the elite. Look at Michael Nakazawa. Look at Brandon, Brandon Cut- Cutler. Yeah, but yeah. now look at Wheelie Utah. Uh, so Moxley debuted this new T-shirt, which that Danielson was magnificent on commentary, and he explained things so well. Uh, but one of them was Mox's shirt. Death Jitsu. <laughs> Death Jitsu. It's not even a pun. And that's why I love it. Death Jitsu. <laughs> awesome. It's so good. And I, the moment I saw that, I thought, that that sounds cool. That yeah. is a cool... Sa- I mean, I prefer that to be the name of their faction. What, I think, Death Jitsu? Yeah. Blackpool Combat Club just doesn't kind of work without Regal. I know they're paying homage. Um, but Danielson described that as violent technical wrestling. Beautiful. That's it. Yeah, that's what they are. I, I thought this was great. And also, shout out to Bandido, who I thought was superb in this match. His delayed vertical suplex that he did for a full minute, a quick minute. Well, it was a quick minute. One, two, three. <laughs> uh, with Wheelie Utah, that it's was a, really good. It was a twenty-four hour, if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, I feel forty-four like minutes. He was doing him. He had him high up, and he was like, "Yeah, this is going fine." So he got about the forty mark, and they went, "Whoop!" Yeah, <laughs> and they were like, "41, 42, 43, 44. <laughs> I need to put this kid down. Uh, yeah, uh, shame you looked like a. Uh, a, a yeah, look. He, he was wearing, um, which was a tribute to someone. It was a tribute to a uh, a children's entertainer who passed away. Oh, uh, was that what it was? Yeah, I, I only found this out. Like, I went through to Twitter and like, you know, Denise Alcedo. He looked good. Denise Alcedo was like, this. Is, if you don't know, this is who this is. He was like, a, a, if you are sort of of Latina heritage, you you probably do. You will know who this person is. Um, it'd be like, I suppose, if he came out dressed as Timmy Mallet. Yeah. And we'd have been like, oh, look, it's Wackaday. Yeah. Yeah. If Timmy Mallow passed. I'd still think that was a bit weird. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to make the joke of being like, oh, he came out dressed as Bumblebee Man. But mm. um, And then I found out what it was and I was like, ah, yeah. okay, yeah, fair enough. Uh, great opening match, though. That's when we have the elite backstage and Matt Jackson's getting his foot seen to, apparently. You know, because he was dropped. He had his foot dropped on the, on the tax. Yeah. Apparently, they took some of them out. And the tops of the tacks broke off. <gasps> so the things oh. were in the heel of the foot still. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. My, actually, my favorite thing about this, and I was talking to uh, uh, someone yesterday who does not watch wrestling, but we, we were talking about Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, uh, or across the Spider-Verse, I should say. And they said, like, oh, have you seen the, uh, the across the Spider-Verse Nikes? They look, like, really awesome. And I said, well, funny enough, actually, there was a wrestler who was wearing those on the pay-per-view on Sunday. And he put an explosive in them and then kicked someone in the face and it blew the shoe up. And then the, my favorite thing about that is 
the trainer world found out about oh, this. Wow. <laughs> so there's loads of comments from like trainer fans being yeah. like, what are they doing? What is this? <laughs> Those are expensive trainers. They're limited edition. And he blew them up. <laughs> um, the Yeah, Matt Jackson references that as well, doesn't he? He's like, I didn't, I didn't think I'd be uh, making exploding kicks yeah. like that. Did you see like so many bad faith takes about that? Uh, there was one sent into the Fightful Post show mm. that said, "Am I supposed to believe now that Matt Jackson's got superpowers and he can make sparks fly over shoes?" I'm like, "Are you stupid? <laughs> <laughs> There's no other way he could have done that." <laughs> uh, this was the bit when Hangman alluded to Kenny being in another country that isn't canada and yeah the dark order were like oh so you're with your new boyfriends now and they seemed a bit pissy and to be honest hangman has not treated them well he has not so i appreciate that they're not dropping the dark order stuff but also i'm getting a bit annoyed with it yeah i, I, I agree because they should be a three-way at a <laughs> jay white and juice robinson thankfully then had the best segment they've had since joining aew they both come down to the ring. Was six weeks ago. It's, no, it's, surely it was longer. It's not like Jay White's been here for two years. And they've, they've Juice has been there three weeks before then. Yeah, but it's Juice Robinson. I th- like people, people, aren't, people aren't mad that Juice wasn't getting a push. They were mad that Jay White wasn't getting a push. Anyway, I think um, sort of first impressions count, and I will die on that hill. <laughs> Bullet Club Gold come down. They cut a promo to Tony Schiavone, and... The combination of Jay just being the way he is, such a good heel, and Juice being the over-the-top delivery, which he is so good at. This felt like the Juice from four years ago, yeah. before he just weirdly went off the boil. So that's, this was great. And they talk about FTR, because they had a run-in with them backstage at the pay-per-view. And FTR come out, because they're calling them dumb. And just that they are such... They, they patronised FTR so well, they felt like high school jock bullies but in a credible way. Then Juice whacked Dax with a fistful of quarters. I was going to say, well, so great. Brilliant Yeah, stuff. really, really good. Cash immediately pounces onto to, uh, to Juice Robinson to take him down like the good friend that he is. Mm. They beat him up. Ricky Starks runs down with a chair to make the save. And we got a challenge. It's going to be Ricky Starks and Jay White next week in a singles match. Yeah. Uh, so we're probably long-term, though, building to Ricky and FTR versus Juice, Jay, and... David Finley, like you yeah, said earlier. Someone, for, someone from New Japan. Chris Bay, maybe. Yeah. Uh, then we got the Tony Khan announcement for Punk. Then we got Trent versus Big Bill versus Swerve Strickland. This was the fallout from the Battle Royal, which was great, that Battle Royal. Yeah, Dan did not yeah. like it. He did not share my enjoyment of it. Dan was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- this was good. I, I, entitled to his own opinion. <laughs> his, his, his wrong opinions. This was good stuff. I've not got many notes. I just... You know, it was solid stuff. Very Gave stuff. Swerve the win. This was all about building up that international title picture and sort of like laying out the stall that Swerve Strickland is going to be the guy that's going after Orange Cassidy's title. So not only did Swerve Strickland outlast <laughs> these guys in a battle royal, including like Big Bill and Trent Beretta, he's now also beaten them in a triple threat as well. Gave him a big win on TV. And they also set that up later when you had the tag match of with Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen tagging against the against Gates of Agony, mm-hmm. who were part of Swerve Stable. Yeah, weirdly part of I don't I don't quite the get Mogul, the Mogul the embassy, affiliates. Yeah. yeah. I, I like the Mogul affiliates faction, even when it was what Parker Boudreau and yeah, we're, we're, that other guy. Has been both of which have <laughs> just been dropped. Uh, it's been replaced by the much better Gates of Agony. But Swerve Swerve uh yeah, this was like an opportunistic win. 
because Big Bill kind of had it won, but Swerve stomped on it. <gasps> Spiel Phantasmo. Sorry, I was just thinking about who the oh, partner should yeah, be. Oh, yeah, that's a good it's, idea. It's, it should be ELP. Is he still in Bullet Club? I don't know, actually. That's a great question. I can't remember. I just suddenly thought then that it, would be should really be, it should be ELP. Sorry. So, yeah, there. building Swerve for that international title shot. Uh, video package on Chris Statlander just talking about how happy she is winning a title. Very good. Acclaimed interview. It was an interview-heavy show. Don't yeah, mind that. Because a lot of it was just... You know, putting the building blocks in place for either mm. this is the next step of this feud or this is a new feud. The acclaimed came out with Daddy Ass, spoke to Renee Paquette, and Daddy Ass sort of said, I feel like it was my fault, boys. I let you down. And Bones is like, essentially promising this man is going to win gold because he deserves it and we're going to help him do it. So, yeah, going for the trio's championships. Yeah, setting up, and like, I hope that they play up the idea that they did not have a stipulation. For the you know for the the, the their own pick rule mm. and they can then use that to be part of you know use that as part of the story for the rematch. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I I'm you know quite annoyed that people <coughs> keep undermining that part of the the open house open house concept because the first one was a joke, second one was good, the lucha tag and tag out rules, the third one which was the pay per view they were just like eh, won't won't have one. I, and then a lot of people yeah. like, well, maybe that's building the story that people yeah. do take it seriously. I get that. And that is a story and it's a kind of good story. But the much better story is treating it seriously from the start and then having one act undermined it, which could be the acclaimed. And then they have to learn that they use it. Also works. Works better. <laughs> Don Callis and Takeshita had their promo, uh, which we already covered. Arn Anderson and Wardlow challenged Luchasaurus for the yeah, TNT did, title yeah, yeah. shot. Next step in that chapter, yeah. Yep, not really into that. Wardlow's doing nothing for me as TNT champion. Mm. Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen, as you've already mentioned, teamed together to take on the Gates of Agony. I thought the Gates of Agony looked really good. This was a this. great showcase mm. match for them. This is like the best showcase that they've had for Gates of Agony since they came into, well, into Ring of Honor and by extension losing on uh, Rampage. I feel like they had a really good match on a, a main event of Rampage that I watched. But yeah, there's just no, you know, there's no momentum there. No, on absolutely not. Main TV. But I, I thought they were absolutely awesome in this match. Really like this crowd. I mean, it was a great crowd all night as well. It was almost like more more evidence that Double or Nothing should not be in Las Vegas next year. Mm. And I I thought they, this crowd really brought this match to life because they were really into Derby and really into I was so into Orange Cassidy. Yeah. And by extension were really against the gates of agony and were really like booing them with their offense, cheering whenever Orange mm -hmm. Cassidy or Darby Allen would make a comeback. I thought everyone was superb in this match. Uh, Swerve came down to watch on with his other embassy people, which was Brian Cage and Prince Nana. And then Orange Cassidy and Darby got the win. Uh, Final few moments were insane amounts of fun. Yeah, and the embassy started to stroll towards the ring. But then it's Sting. Sting. Sting walked down, and Swerve was like, "No, I'm not getting involved in this." Um, I like I, I like that Swerve has. We we had two segments of Swerve on this show, and I know I'm getting him next week because the last time we had two segments of Swerve was a uh, was the the show that was main evented by Keith Lee and Chris Jericho. I was like. Right, okay, now we're getting back to this. Swerve's amazing. Keith Lee's amazing. Let's get into this storyline. And then they just never followed up on it again. Yeah, so just so everyone knows, that is Ollie Davis advocating for more matches to be put on pay-per-views. 
No, no, no. But this was that. That was <laughs> I'm, TV. I'm that was an episode of TV. Yeah, and everyone thought, oh, cool, because that's going to be building up to them having their match a double or nothing. But no, but then they never told the story. You no. could have had. I'm saying you could have that match on the go home episode of Dynamite. Uh, well, no. What it sounds like you're saying is you want to put it on pay per view. But I, but I agree with you. Swerve gaining momentum, which. I think probably leads to him winning next week. Well, that's, that was going to be my question to you is, do you think he wins next week? And I, I think he's the perfect guy to win the belt off mm. of Orange Cassidy that isn't Pac. And, yeah. you know, maybe you then can pay off that. I mean, pay off. If, I don't think we're ever going to get the payoff to this uh, Swerve and Lee. Match. I, th- I think they'll always tease their single match and we'll never get it. <laughs> and it will just be a big running gag that we're never yeah. going to get this match. And I think, you know, then you can do it over the international title or, you know, still have Orange Cassidy involved in there. But I could see Swerve winning the belt next mm-hmm. week. Same here. Definitely the biggest credible threat. Uh, we got a MJF promo from immediately after the match at Double or Nothing said AEW hasn't got anyone left to face him. No gladiators the, left. A perfect setup for Forbidden Door, mm. which is that Tony Khan is, has isn't it? Yeah, so he's going to have to face someone from New Japan for the world title instead. I thought it was a really clever way of setting up uh, you know, an inter-promotional match there for, for MJF. You're right. It totally is. I liked it. I just didn't know I liked it because of that. <laughs> uh, Tony Schiavone's in the ring again. Of course he is. Hook. <laughs> he even a commentary. He's got his walking shoes on today. <laughs> Back and forth on the commentary desk. Hook comes out. He's going to talk when Los Ignorables. I said that right. Los Ingos de Bananas. Uh, came down without Roosh, who's the best part of the faction. Well, let's wait for a collision. It's <laughs> not working, man. Do I, get to, do I get to beat anyone up and make <laughs> myself look good? No, I'm not coming. You see those people who thought that he did go into business for himself in that Jungle Boy match. Look, I would not be surprised. <laughs> It's Roosh. That whole family do that all the time. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not fully going into business for himself, <laughs> but he was said, hey, work over Jungle Boy for a bit. And Roosh is like, yeah, I'm going to beat the crap out of this kid. <laughs> and then Jungle Boy gets a high spot and he's like, yeah, walks away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we should do more of my stuff. Yeah. Then, then we'll do your bit. That's why I love Roosh. <laughs> he feels genuine. A genuine asshole, sure, but he feels genuine. Um, they come down. Manager so, so Jose gets President Vance and Drillistico. Yeah. And then they beat up Hook. Jungle Boy makes a save with a chair. And then JB and Hook fist bumped. I was waiting for Jungle Boy to waffle Hook with that chair. Mm. The way he was, I, I, and I think that is what this is going to lead to. I think this is Jungle Boy hitting Hook with that chair. Because it's been about a year of Christian or MJF saying, you haven't got the killer instinct, Jungle Boy. Yeah. And then also a lot of fans going, I'm a bit bored of Jungle Boy as <laughs> babyface. So could these two things converge? Two, I, I think so. The way I, I, he was walking around the ring with that chair, and I was like, he's going to hit him with it. <laughs> I, I know he didn't. Maybe. No, not now. But I, he will do it. Oh, no, no, he didn't. All right, we're backstage. I think it's safe. <laughs> yeah, they look safe this time. Uh, Tony Storm was backstage uh, with a promo with Rene Paquette with the Outcasts. I thought she just looked like a megastar. And she was, so ca- she was talking so well. This was a good decision. She was so awesome in the the media, uh, the the, mm. po- the post show media conference as their sort of like heel character. Uh, and I, I can't remember who it was that said like, "Oh, could you do this match?" She was like, "Oh, chop the tits off of it." <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and actually, it was the MJF promo was kind of it was that post show media scrum that made me think that it's a, a Forbidden Door thing because he said. Oh, I'm not doing a match for Bidden Door. Like, mm. Why would I? That indie fed. Yeah, exactly. Did New, Japan's mean, an, New Japan's an indie fed. The bit when he started saying, well, there's only one guy like there. It's the great Okada. <laughs> <laughs> Such 
he knows exactly what to say to push people's buttons. Even though the Great Khan has like blossomed into a pretty really decent wrestler. I mean, when, we, when we saw him like six years ago, he, he sure was. Such but... a bad gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's that it's that one Japanese wrestler that RevPro are forced to use <laughs> <laughs> to train him up. Um, then we got Chris Statlander versus Nyla Rose. Um, decent match. I never got fully into it. I don't know why. Nyla Rose dominated most of it. Statlander won at the end. Yeah, it was it was a match that mostly took place in the commercial break, mm. I think, unfortunately. And <clears throat> like this was just here to give Chris Statlander some shine on TV and push the storyline that she's got with Taya Valkyrie, who feels slighted by Chris Statlander stealing her moments at Double or Nothing. So I'm glad that they're still picking up that thread and going with it. But yeah, this was just a put Statlander on TV and she's got the belt. She gets a nice, clean, credible win over Nyla Rose. Rose did exactly what she needed to do in this match. Thumbs up from me, but it was like, it's a thumbs up that I was not interested in. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same. Um, then we got Excalibur run down the upcoming matches for shows, and all of a sudden, Zack Sabre Jr. is taking on Action Andretti. Okay. Oh, and Lee Moriarty's versus, versus Shibata. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm watching. I'm watching Rampage then. <laughs> Can you tell that Rampage is back at its normal time slot for the first time since <laughs> March? <laughs> And we also got Swerve Cassidy announced for next week. And the main event was Jericho and Soraya versus Adam Cole, Britt Baker. A lot of fun. This should have been the pay-per-view match. I, I hadn't thought of it until I, you said that in your edited review. And I, I was like, oh, yeah. No, it should have been. You're mm. absolutely right. Because I, I really enjoyed this. It was a lot of fun. But the Soraya and Baker stuff was a bit slow, but it was, you know, it was all right. But I really enjoyed Baker, uh, sorry, uh, Cole and Jericho working together. And they then, were st- far more intense than they were on Sunday. Yeah. And Jericho tripping like Baker and stuff to lead to some Soraya heat, I thought was really fun. And it built up to Baker locking the lockjaw in on Chris Jericho, which was really, really great. I, I, I thought this was a hell of a lot of fun. And I was waiting for Jericho to win so we could you know, continue <laughs> this feud on. And then Cole just beat him again. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like... All right. I don't know what this story is then because Roderick Strong beat him because of of Adam Cole. Then Adam Cole beat him at the pay-per-view and then beat him again here. Yeah, it wasn't even Brit pinning Soraya. No. Um, How many times did Ricky beat... I think Ricky beat Jericho and then I think Ricky beat Jericho in a tag, like specifically pinning Jericho early early on in their feud. So it's not... We're not out of the woods yet. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, this was Pete said. Like this feels like it's the end of the feud, right? I was like, no, it's Chris Jericho. <laughs> it's Chris Jericho feud. This, this is this is going to go longer. I just don't, I just don't quite see how it, it's going to go longer. But mm. you did get the nice little, you know, cute ending because you had Cole and Baker celebrating together in their matching gear, which was very nice. Um, if you asked me, like last week, this time last week. Oh, should you do an intergender tag at the pay-per-view or should you do an unsanctioned Jericho versus Cole? I would have said 100% Jericho versus Cole in a singles match. Maybe not Sabu. (laughs) No, I don't think I'd have done either. Um, So I don't know how much of that is just Jericho and Cole had a a bad match. It's so weird, though. It It wasn't good. Because we haven't spoken about it. And it was not good. Mm. Um, But I think think a lot of it was the match structure. I... I just don't think it worked. I think the Sabu thing did detract mm. from the match yeah. somewhat. And it was a fin- and, and Okay, so it's, it's kind of three things. I don't think the match worked in terms of what they were doing. because, uh, And I don't think the Sabu thing helped. And it was a really bad crowd. Mm. For that part. Yeah. 
Um, and they couldn't go full on violence because anarchy in the arena. Which, as you mentioned on your review, then don't book that stipulation. Yeah. Because yeah. you can't, if you can't go all out in an unsanctioned match because you're doing anarchy in the arena, then don't book it as an mm. unsanctioned match. Uh, that's the show. Overall, um, I, I've seen a lot of people say this is a great, great episode, one of the all time greats. It's nowhere near that for me. I thought the Don Callis segment was superb. I enjoyed all the wrestling, but it was, it did feel a bit like, Usually after a pay-per-view, it feels like some fresh stuff starts. And th this did not feel like a fresh start in any I, segment. That I, I, I don't, I cannot agree with. Like, I, I also don't think it was an all-timer episode. I don't think this was a five out of five show, but I thought this was a, you know, a, a good solid mm. four out of five show. Or maybe even like a very, like a really mm. solid three out of five show. Mm -hmm. Maybe like a 3.5. But every single segment on it felt like we're doing this to start something new or further on from what we're doing. So you had, well, Blackpool Combat Club in the, with the wheelie user story. Yeah, okay. They wrestled Lucha Bros last week. Yes, but this match was designed to tell the next chapter of the Wheelie Utah story. I'm, I'm just saying, I enjoyed that one. But I'm just saying, that is that is one of the most clear continuations of something that I'd already seen last week. It's fair, but at least it, it's continue, it's paying off something that did happen the previous week. But I, I will hand you that one. Um, Bucks and Page talking about Kenny Maker going off to Japan. Mm -hmm. Or teasing going off to Japan. Bullet Club Gold feuding with FTR. What? Well, Bullet Club Gold feuding with Ricky Starks. But it also set themselves up as the next challenges for FTR as the tag titles. Mm -hmm. the tag titles. I mean, and Ricky Starks is still involved. Well, yeah, so we are now... So we're setting up a plate for FTR and Bullet Club Gold and finishing off the Ricky Starks feud. I feel like we're setting up a, a month of six-man tag, which I've got to sit through, and then we get the, the tag titles after that. But yes, but this segment did set up the tag feud. Get, so, get, but, so, yeah. So continue, there's, there's, it's a continuation in my head. And setting up something new. There's nothing... What I'm saying is there's nothing fresh. There's nothing completely fresh. Swerve and OC? That was already being set up last week and on the Blackjack. Well, it wasn't set up last week, but it was set up on the yeah. Blackjack Battle Royale. That's so okay. That, yeah. That's more okay. Um, yeah, <clears throat> Chris Statlander and Ty Valkyrie. Yeah, I wasn't into that, though. The and I, I I guess you get a continuation of Baker and Cole versus Jericho and mm. Soraya. I I would say I would argue that's the only segment on this show that did not further anything. Like if this was my GM mode, that would be the only thing that did not further a rivalry or start a new one. I'm not saying stuff wasn't furthered. I'm saying stuff didn't feel fresh for me. It so, didn't, it didn't so, feel so, like so Chris Atlander and Ty Valkyrie is not a fresh feud. Well, that that one would be, but I'm not interested in that. So, well, that's, but that's that's a different argument. Mm -hmm. I think we are in a holding period until the actual reset happens, which is collision. I, I, I strongly disagree okay. on that one. Okay. Um, but let us know what you thought in the comments down below or in the Omega Chats, restalk.com forward slash support. Get in your Omega Chats above the five US dollars. We'll read out every single one of them above the five US dollars. Plus, if you uh, were at the uh, Night of Champions mm. party that we had last weekend, there is an email in your inbox with the pre-sale code if you signed up for it to get your early access tickets for our Money in the Bank party 
on July 1st. We're going to be doing a watch-long party for Money in the Bank at the Long Arm Pub and uh, Brewery in Shoreditch with a live Quizlemania, live Quizlemania 2, which was so much fun. Uh, everyone had a great time with that. So we're going to be doing that again. And it's going to be a wonderful party. The championship will be on the line. Jam in the Jar is making its return. <gasps> I didn't think about that. I'm looking to make it a three-peat. <laughs> win it for a third time in a row so um yeah tickets will go on sale tomorrow at 1 p.m bst there'll be a, a lot of notification of that in the news tomorrow which uh, laurie blake will be doing so make sure you get your tickets for that um and if you want to head on over to patreon there's loads of cool stuff over at patreon mm. as well including suggestions and the poll will be going up soon i believe the polling goes up today for the next episode of wrestle talk extra i can confirm that someone has suggested tna slammiversary 2009 so a nice continuation on from our just do the show. the best year in <laughs> tna history my year my year um yeah. and we will get into the rest of your omega chat so uh Urkto here says in my humble opinion the house of black matches rules are brilliant storytelling showing that if the teams don't take the dealer's choice seriously house of black will dominate uh, as seen in the three matches so far also, high 90% show, in my opinion. Yeah, a lot of people really liked it from what I read. Uh, on the ha open challenge thing, it doesn't work, that argument, because when someone did choose it, which was the, the Luchadors, they were beaten handily. Uh, Cody Moody 5 said, I'm happy Adam and Brick got the win. I'm a huge AC fan since he debuted in NXT. I've watched his Ring of Honor days, which made me an even bigger fan. Give him all the belts. Also, Luke, I hope you like my fantasy booking. Much love to you. I like the idea they said that I'm a huge AC fan, which just makes it feel like <laughs> an air conditioning unit has emailed him. Uh, Marion Jackson said, as much as I see people complaining about sticking to rosters, the amount of ROH players regularly in the ABW should be discussed about more. Also, the triple threat wasn't needed. Swerve should have cut a promo leading hmm. into the tag match. I think giving him a win over three, two other people that did well in the Battle Royal yeah, is much better than just doing a promo. Same. Ten Rosa said, I can't wait for Kenny to be at New Japan Dominion on Sunday because the Blackpool <gasps> Combat Club are there. Oh, that's a great idea. That's a great That's jump. totally going to happen. This great call. Was that uh, Ten Rosa? It was indeed, yeah. Mm. Uh, this was an incredible episode. I can't wait for CM Punk and I'm pumped for the road to All In. Which UK celeb slash music would you like to see it all in? Can't wait to be there from all the way from here in Australia. Let's effing go. Oasis. <laughs> Oasis and Adele. Well, I mean, because they're always starting together at the moment, aren't they? Like They'll come back for this. Li Liam's doing his solo uh, shtick. There's one thing that will bring those boys back together. Yeah. Well, I mean, after, it's all in at Wembley. After the uh, the reception they gave at um, BBC's Big Weekend, Royal Blood. Mm -hmm. Did you see that Royal Blood thing? So, obviously, it was a pop concert uh, they were at, but they were playing their rock songs, and the crowd went into it, so it just went off on them. <laughs> <laughs> Being like, being like, lovely uh, wasting my time up here playing oh, music no that way. you're not appreciating. That's awesome. So well, he did a CM Punk press conference. <laughs> he did. It was awesome. I'm, like, I like Royal Blood, so I'm like, I thought it was rad. Yeah. I've seen some people be like, ooh, uh, it's a crap band like Royal Blood anyway. I, I quite liked it. An <laughs> unknown username. Please do let our moderators know who you are because the Streamlabs has lost your name. It said, uh, so it uh, looks like we're building to Blackpool Combat Club with Kaneske Takeshita versus the Elite and Unknown. Should this match be at Forbidden Door or Blood and Guts? Uh, and who and would you 
and would be doing both too much. I expect Ibushi would join for Blood and Guts, but I doubt he would join them for Forbidden Door. Punk's returning in Chicago, which is most likely he goes off on script in his first promo, makes another star, major star look bad, or he jumps at the crowd again and breaks his other ankle. <laughs> My money is on both. What can go wrong? Um, I think you do different matches at Forbidden Door and you do the yeah. Blood and Guts match on TV. Yeah. Uh, Cold Brew says, for fun, Chat GPT thinks the Forbidden Door card should be MJF versus Ooh. Suzuki. Oh my god. I mean, yeah. That's the match I'd want. That's really funny. Darby Max ver- would just <laughs> run away from him. Darby versus Takagi. Christian versus Naito. Bucks versus Ishii and Goto. Shida versus Mane. Takahashi versus Jungle Boy. Jericho versus Okada. Golden Lovers versus Bullet Club Gold. Jam at that AI. That's why we're not using robots to book <laughs> wrestling just yet. Sullivan did ask uh, Chat GPT to write a Roman Reigns promo in the style of a Shakespeare sonnet. <laughs> it was genuinely better than most WWE wow. promos. It was really good. Uh, James C. Morgan said, with two different main shows, I'd like AEW to do something different. What I would do is have a draft. And instead of being drafted to the brand, you get drafted to a faction. Each faction mm. can only have five men and three women. Each team will be assigned to a show, which they will show up more frequently on, but can also show up on the other brand on scheduled weeks. Each match is worth a point, and the team for that show with the most points face off in the end of the season. The top team from each show faces off in a series of matches, and the team who wins the series goes on to a special dynamite or collision where they challenge for all the titles in the company. If a champ is in the faction, they choose the opponent. To me, this can make more them have matches have more meaning, give a reason for multiple brands, and make it where we don't have to add more titles. Also, you can have bye weeks, so if the elites are on collision, Punk can be on the bye week and vice versa. It's very high concept, but it's pretty cool, isn't it? The idea—I don't know how much of of the ongoing part, but the idea of a draft happening and all the various faction heads trying to draft unaffiliated people—that sounds really cool. Mm. Uh, Justin Reed has been a member for three months in a row. Said, as per WrestleTix, two weeks out from the Rampage debut, AEW had sold 11 of the 14,000 seats in the United Center. So far, they've sold six of the 8,000 this time around. Oh, so it's set up for less. Set up fewer. for less this time. Yeah, or fewer, yeah. Uh, but I'd also, I would expect that because this is not his first return in 10 years. It's diminishing returns. It's diminishing returns. Uh, Austin here says, I hate that there's tribalism on whether you're on the elite or punk side. Wrestling fans need to understand that these are all just people who have disagreements and they were both wrong. That's it. Anyway, shout out to it, or shout out all the way from the Philippines. Right, so you're one of those people that's on the, the both wrong tribe. I Tribalism is everywhere. Uh, Lucas here said, I wonder if we now see collision-specific pay-per-views in order to keep the roster away from each other and from causing chaos backstage. Could be a way to add more pay-per-views to the slate. I, I hate that. I, I don't want that at all. Mm, yeah. I think it's bad enough that we've got two separate brands. I don't need two separate pay-per-views either. Really limits the uh, the the creative things that you can do. If you, like, if you are one of those people that's just like, oh, I think they should have like specific, you know, the roster stuff different pay-per-views even like now with the brand split and stuff watch 2006 WWE <laughs> and watch some of those Smackdown pay-per-views and you tell me if that's a good idea we used to call them Sunday Night Raw <laughs> when it was a Raw one I'm just Marcus said uh, Punk is coming back and I don't know how to feel about it which is weird given we're not too uh, not which is weird given where we were not too long ago that aside I am uh, am I the only one who thinks that Punk's should have been the attacker at Double or Nothing instead the heat would have been way more intense that would have honestly been the biggest thing you could do right now in wrestling. 
Um, but there are reasons it couldn't have happened. But since I've heard it, my God, I can't stop thinking about it. Um, we have got another unknown username. Please do let our moderators know. He says, as a Chicagoan, or Chicagoan, uh, I'm with Ollie here. I'll always be a punk guy. While he may be toxic to some, I can take solace in the fact that it's all ego-related and nothing like abuse allegations or bigotry, mm. which would turn me away. Oh, that's from Austin Falcon. That's a good point, isn't it? Because that that's a completely different side of things. Justin, People can be a douchebag. Yeah. Uh, and you can still hang out with them. Uh, Justin said, I mean, we hang out with people in this office. <laughs> uh, Justin said, I'll be at Collision Live. I can't wait to see how Chicago reacts when Cult of Personality hits. Also, anytime Sting returns, it's always to save his son from a three-on-one beatdown. Mm -hmm. Always makes me laugh. Uh, Philip here has said, Luke, 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 is there more cutscene coming? Oh. Well, hope so. We, do, uh, we don't know. Share those first videos around more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kevin said, my signed copy of 2K23 has arrived. Oh, great. You were one of the winners. Can't wait to play my GM mode and be as confused as Luke or Peter is. My rivalry is <laughs> not growing. Uh, but if I don't know about Brian Children signing it, it may be needed as an exhibit for one of my, uh, one of his many trials. <laughs> <laughs> um, Peter here says, greetings from, what do you think that is? Sverege. Sverege. Well reviewed. Thank you very much. And Eternal Blue has been a member for 23 months in a row. Says just one more month until two years. That's mad. First time in a long time that I've been able to catch you guys live too. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you very much for becoming members to this channel and sending in your wonderful chats there as well, which uh, I learned today don't require VAT on them because they are not products. They are considered tips. Oh, huh. yes. Look at that. I've got to have a chat with our accountants. Who <laughs> Making me pay VAT on all of this. Well, the bastards. <laughs> um, they didn't. They don't know. They don't. Know. They don't know what super chats. Are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we've just got to uh, end our poll here to mm -hmm. find out what you thought of this show. Thumbs down, two percent. Oh wow. Mid, twenty-three percent. Thumbs up, seventy-four percent. Well, I'm mid. I'd say. Uh, I am I'm mid pointing upwards, but if I of the three options, I'm picking thumbs up. Mm -hmm. But that is all we've got time for on this edition of the show. Thank you so much. Tomorrow on this channel, the best of Wrestle Talk from May will be going live, so make sure you check that out because there'll be all the fun clips from shows like this, as well as the live reactions mm. as well. You know, like the ones Not we had last there. week. Yeah. So check that out tomorrow, uh, and we'll be back next week with reviews of Raw and AEW as we build towards collision and forbidden door we're going to be doing live reactions to collision don't you forget so please do subscribe to this channel leave more notifications all that good stuff and we'll see you next week i've been luke owen dad we're also back on saturday uh, and that's been ollie davis jam that jam Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.